Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hey, Mark. Welcome back. We're, uh, we talked last week about um, how are you saved? Are you saved by your works or are you saved by grace? Mm-hmm. And so today I thought we would talk about whether you can become a follower of Jesus when, when you are saved by grace. Can you become a follower of Jesus without seeing any change in your life? Now, is this a question that you actually had back in the day, or is this one that you're kind of reflecting on and saying, I could have, maybe should have asked that question all along the way? Right, right. No, I. this is a question that that I did ask either subconsciously or eventually just outright. I really, when I came to faith, one of the things that I thought about was, this is great, now now I don't have to leave here. I can just, I can just stay here, everything can stay the same, and I can just add Jesus to the mix, kind of was a, which I don't think you can really find that. Well, that was a creative solution, I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah, would have made things easier, but... Well, and that was some of your thought behind it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Was, we'll try and get this, we'll get maybe the best of both worlds. For sure. Okay. Yeah, the best of both worlds. I think it's human nature to try and find the easiest way to do something. <laughs> it is for me, at least. Um, no comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it just, I remember a time where I was thinking that I could have Jesus. I believed the gospel. I trusted him for my salvation, but that I was just in a place where I couldn't be obedient to what you're called to as a Christian. I, um, the, the command that Jesus gives to, to love your neighbor as yourself, that okay. where he says this is the second greatest commandment, love God, and then the second is like it, he said, to love your neighbor as yourself. And I just didn't do that. Okay, well, that... That is related, I think, to what we talked about last week, because one of the things that you mentioned even last week was the prospect that you could um, uh, get saved by faith and that was too easy or that nothing, you know, would um, necessarily change. Right. Because you didn't want to have work, so you had to, it's only by faith, it's too easy. Right. And... Um, you know, even when you sort of present the question the way you did, you're you're using the assumption that it's too easy to get saved by grace. Right. You know that it's that it doesn't require change. That there isn't any um, really. See, I, I guess when I when I talk about that, I I think that what happens when somebody does trust Jesus uh, and does believe that he died on the cross and rose again and will save them from their sins. And they actually say, that's for me. What happens is they're, uh, they are born again and they get a new heart and 
In other words, there is a change and that new heart then begins to show up. And that shows up in ways, like you said, loving your neighbor. It shows up in um, keeping his commandments. It shows up in hating and turning from sin. shows up in a lot of different ways. In other words, it isn't that you have to work. It's that the change in you produces this work that is, um, I suppose, in the case you're bringing up now, becomes awkward when you try and say, I'm going to just kind of keep it uh, calm and to myself and not have it affect anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, as you were talking there, it reminded me of um, reading in, in John's gospel, I think it's in chapter 3 when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he says that I know you're from God because no one can do the things that mm-hmm. you're doing. And he has this uh, mental assent. He, he understands intellectually, maybe, who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' response to him is, you must be born again. Right. It, it's there, and, and when you are, it, it, did, it did start to bother me, I guess. It, my mm. behavior hadn't changed with the way I treated people who had left. But it started to bother me the way I was treating people who had left. Uh, so, oh, so, so, so let me. That was yeah. interesting. Let me make sure I understood that. So you're telling me that you kept treating them, however, you know, you felt like you should treat them, but you no longer had a clear conscience about it. Right. In other words, sort of ate at you. That you yes. were doing. Oh, interesting. Yes, it 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 ate at me, and we've talked on here before about. I mean, it was my own brother at, at points where I, I knew it wasn't right to treat him this way, but I was going to stick to our traditions, even, mm-hmm. even still just because of the fallout that there would be right. from breaking those and not giving any thought to the fallout that there is from not being obedient to, mm-hmm. to Jesus. So, mm-hmm. But I, I am grateful for that. Um, I don't know what your conviction or something that I believe the Spirit does in your heart uh, to make you feel bad, at least, about <laughs> what, the way you're treating people. This is a podcast about so, just feeling bad yeah, here. That's right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, I mean, you, you can see that there are traditions. You can, you can read about it through, uh, with the Pharisees, through the Gospels. Oh, even in the, right, and, in the Bible there's yeah, traditions. Oh, yeah. yeah, traditions that they have uh, where they're, they're critical of Jesus because he's not, you know, he's healing on the Sabbath, and that breaks their tradition. And the, I guess what I'm getting to is I was missing the point of the whole thing, trying to stick to these traditions and trying to be a follower of Jesus, and it just made a mess. It's just mm. um, we, we use the analogy sometimes of you got one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock, and the boat's leaving the dock. And we, I got to this point where I felt like... Anybody who's had that experience knows what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, right? you either got to get in the boat or you got to get back on the dock. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, well, it is. I mean, there are probably a couple levels at which people have traditions that keep them from Jesus. I mean, there mm-hmm. these in you're talking about the Bible. They had traditions for sure. And they were so committed to traditions that they really, they were against Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, that's not what you're talking about today. I mean, you're talking about today, you know, having been 
you know, previously committed to those traditions, thinking you were going to fit those traditions in with Jesus and realizing that that didn't really fit quite right. Is that what you're it, saying? It is, yeah, yeah. It is different. And that, that's kind of why I brought up Nicodemus is because we see later that I think he does become a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He asks for the body of Jesus. He comes around, yeah. Yeah. But I think at that time, I can, I can really relate to that where Nicodemus is asking Jesus these questions. Like, I, I get it, I, but, you know, he's seeing what it's going to cost, I, no doubt, with mm-hmm. being a Pharisee and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, so I guess the, what I wanted to talk about more is just can you just add Jesus to your life? Because I think that's, I think that's a, something that a lot of people would like to do. Well, I mean, let me just say that there's nothing about that that is exclusive to the followers of Christ. No. I mean, that that you see everywhere. I mean, yeah. You see that uh, a ton in the Bible Belt, don't you, down south. I mean, we'll blame yeah. it on them. Yeah. But you see it here. I mean, you see all of us, you know, not all of us, but you see people go about their business, and then they have a comfortable life. They have a good life. They don't want it to change, right. which is different. I mean, it's not like... When Jesus said he came for the um, the sick and the prostitutes and the tax collectors, he was going after people who didn't like their life, right? right. And, and he changed those lives. Yeah. But it's people who like their life that really struggled to say, how am I going to relate to Jesus with this life that I currently like? Right. And, you know, for the most part, I think virtually everyone at least tries in the beginning to, to reconcile that, reconcile the, the you might say, the demands of Jesus or the, the way that Jesus describes life, like blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, or the peacemakers, or the meek. And we try and reconcile that with, wait a minute, I've got this going on over here and it's going pretty well, and I never really had to be meek there before, or I never had to hunger and thirst for righteousness about that before. And so how am I going to get those two synced up, the life that I love and the life following Jesus? And that everybody yeah. runs into that. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That was uh, the people that, that were challenged, too. When, when they, there were some that came to Jesus saying, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you go. And mm-hmm. he kind of says, are you, are you sure? Do you know where I'm going? Like, I don't have a home. I don't have, you know. Um, well, and there were others who said, let me, I mean, they did come in negotiating. Let, yeah. you know, let me go bury my father. Wait, yeah. let me yeah. go marry, you know, take a wife. Let me go, you know, keep my good life going and do yeah. the Jesus thing also. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I did all of these things. I, every one of them that you're talking about, I, I did those. I'll, I'll follow Jesus as soon as I get this lined up in my life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I figure out how to avoid trouble in this area by following Jesus, then I can really... And and I think for a while I even convinced myself that I was following Jesus still, mm-hmm. but just had some loose ends to tie up. But, you know, we there came a point where the boat was leaving the dock, We mm-hmm. and I didn't get all the loose ends tied up that I would have liked to have. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
it it is what it is and there and there are people too we have friends that that saw that and when we got in the boat they got back on the dock you oh, know? right and and I I'm not saying that, that that doesn't mean they'll never get in the boat or mm-hmm. you know but it's um, you just see that it's it's a pressure that's there um, and I, I think for everybody, you've got a decision to make. Oh, yeah. If you're going to follow Jesus, it, it means something. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the, the point is that I don't think you can become a follower of Jesus and not have your life change. I, I think you will see fruit from a changed life. If, and and if, you, if you can just add him... If you can just add Jesus to your life and nothing changes, then I, I'm just not sure uh, if I think that might be that where Nicodemus was at. I think that might be just asking those questions, that um, intellectual ascent that you're at, where you know in your head, but it's just not maybe not in your heart yet. I think that was my experience mm-hmm. anyway. Well, again, I think everybody tries to do this, and and the reality is it was. Um, was costly for Jesus mm-hmm. to come and rescue us. And we would love to follow him without any of the costs. And I just thought, you know, I was, uh, when you said uh, the great commandment, I was just thinking of First John 4. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest to us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for us, uh, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And so, you know, what you're talking about goes back not to, all right, I need to do better. I should really make that change. goes back to really understanding that what it meant for God to send his son and how much he loves you. And he did that to satisfy, that's what propitiation means, to satisfy God's wrath against your sin and to show that he loved you. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was a, there was a cost to Jesus to, to do that, and then he invites us into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That, as you were talking about that, I'm just thinking about the the transition that I made mm. through the way I treated people. So I, I had friends who left before I did uh, about a year, and um, my relationship with them did change because I was still there and they were not. And because of what had happened in their hearts, they were understanding of that. Oh, and so it became easier for me to mistreat them because they'll understand. But if I go against the grain over here by treating them well, this they won't understand. So I, I have to so it was a lot of times the path of least resistance, kind of the, mm-hmm. the easy way again. Was there and, something that made um is it when you I mean what was it when the boat how far away did the boat have to get from the dock to extend your metaphor? Before you realize, okay, I've got to get, I got to make this yeah. call. Yeah, for us, it really. Um, I mean, I, I 
put it off as long as I could, really. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when Andrew and Madison, when our when our son and his okay. wife decided that they were going to go to a different church, uh, that was that was the place where I decided I I can't mistreat them for this. I I can't change my relationship with them over this. And I knew that was going to be getting in the boat. I mean, Mm -hmm. that to use the metaphor, but Mm -hmm. it's... um, You you were unable at that point to have a foot in on the dock in the boat, right? Yeah. Yep. And so as I was, as I was thinking about those, the, the patience and the grace that God had with me through that time and, and my friends uh, mm-hmm. and, and family, um, it, it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes, the, the patience that I feel like uh, the Lord had with me um, because I knew better mm-hmm. than to be doing what I was doing and I was just taking the easy way, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, and, and I, I think that's probably a really good thing to point out because if there are people listening who are in that spot, mm-hmm. the Lord is patient with you too. Yeah. And the Lord will continue to manifest his love toward you, as like it said in First John there. But that doesn't excuse or say, oh, you stay there, because ultimately there will come a time when you'll have to figure it out and make a decision. But it's not a matter of, oh, i got to make the decision so the Lord loves me or anything. I mean, you were right. really clear about that, but... Um, yeah, I'm glad that you said that he's patient because he is, and yeah. and and all of us are and need to be with each other, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and to your point, the what we're talking about is not really even uh, just to be clear on the metaphor. Uh, I'm not talking about that you have to make the choice to leave followers. I'm talking about that you. You have to make the choice to love people. That's that's mm-hmm. what we're that's what we're called to. If you're a follower of Jesus, you love people, and and they the the metaphor is saying that you, you can't you can't do that. You can't love people the way we're called to in the Bible, and stay at followers. Or I couldn't. Okay, I, I wasn't able to do that. Um, it's the tradition is that you reject those people who leave and you don't let them be a part of your life because they may pull you out. It's kind of the, that's the danger. That's the mm-hmm. fear. And so I'm not saying it's not me or it's not the Bible. It's not Jesus saying you have to leave there. It's saying you have to love people. Mm-hmm. And if, if your traditions won't allow you to do that, then I think you should look at your traditions. Yeah. And there are a lot of other commands too. I mean, yes. the, the, um, the Bible is very clear that um, who abides in the Lord is the one who keeps his commandments. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't, it, you know, you picked the big one. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. great commandment, but there are yeah. a lot of little ones that yeah. really are necessitated as well about whether it's um, bitterness or kindness or acceptance or yeah. any variety of other things the Lord tells us to do. Right. So those are also right. issues yeah. yeah, and you, and you were reading earlier about um, the way that God shows His love for us by sending His Son. the The love that I'm talking about is um, it's an action. It's it's not it's not just telling someone that you love them. 
it's showing them by mm-hmm. the way you treat them, by the way you interact with them. Um, I, I mean, I could, I could tell my brother that I loved him, but then not by not going to his baptism or not having dinner with them anymore, or you know, the, it, it's kind of hollow sounding. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, you, you do still have that feel. I, I want. I, I should have said, I want to love you. <laughs> like that's kind of the, mm-hmm. uh, but. We're, we're not called to want to love people. We're called to love people. So, um, you know, I'm, let, let me just push a little bit because yeah. I think you're, uh, you're onto something. But uh, my understanding is that when you were followers, you were quite loving. I mean, you were up on the roof fixing people's roofs. You mm-hmm. were sitting with people who were sick. You were, you were doing many loving things, and then now you're saying that you were struggling to love people. Help me, yeah, see that a little yeah, more clearly. Sure. Um, it it kind of comes back to the the us versus them thing. You had to choose who to love. Yeah, you couldn't love both. Um, you you could. That's not true. You you could love both, but people people didn't like it if you still loved people after they left. So that I'm talking about loving pe- I couldn't love people after they left. So there was a there was a rather than so th- this is what you're getting to. I'm trying to mm-hmm. make sure that mm-hmm. we get kind of as clear for, for my sake. I mean, I have a little different background, but you're it wasn't that you didn't love people when you were there. It's that once um, you were put in a position of say loving I'm going to, I'm, this is going to sound bad, but loving everyone. In other words, not excluding a certain kind of person from your love. That's, that's really what is, is rubbing at you here is that you were, you know, to stay there was to feel pressure specifically not to love your brother or those who had left or, you know, others. And you said, if, if this is real, I got to love people in, people out, people who left, people who aren't here yet, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's a good clarification. It's, um, and it, and it did, rubbing at me is a great way of describing it because that, mm. that happened over a long period of time at followers even. Every time, every time an issue would come up, every time something happened at church, there would be this division and then I felt the pressure to make a choice of which group of people I'm going to love is mm. how I felt. And and it didn't feel like that I had the freedom to love everyone. Um, right. In, yeah, that, in that case. That's how so, I that's kind of what I heard. Yeah. I guess it was probably good to make it explicit. Because I yeah. I do think and I think this is the thing for a lot of us. I mean, we do pretty well with some people. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't you know, we need this heart change, this this new life that you've described when you come to faith in Christ in order to love other people because it doesn't come to quite so naturally and we can't do it as well. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, if I'm, if I'm hearing right, that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, I keep, we talk about it, um, my, Cindy and I will talk about it as the change for us, it changed from conditional love to unconditional love, and and because we mm. see that, because we see that from 
from God through Jesus is he sent his son. He so loved the world that he sent his son. Um, and it's a it's an unconditional love there. And like you said, the, it was it was to the people who we least expected or mm-hmm. that the religious leaders at least at least expected. Well, I, th- I think you're you're dropping gold here. Make sure I want to make yeah. sure that I see it like you mean it. Okay. So you say conditional versus unconditional love. In other words, you're trying to contrast love that um, that you would have for somebody else if they met your criteria, love for them if they were in the right group, love if they were you know doing a certain thing. So an if a love if. Yes. which is your conditional. And probably there was a point in time when, and really for all of us, we saw God giving conditional love too. We thought, oh, God will love me if I'm good. God will love me if I do this work. God will love me if. And our view of God was such that it kind of matched our own view of way other mm-hmm. people. But what you said is that you began to see through the gospel and even the passages that I read in First John for that God loved us and sent his son, not if, there's no if there, there's no because we did anything, it's just period, loved yeah. period. Yeah. And that's what made it unconditional, was it wasn't based on, it wasn't contingent on somebody else's doing something. Right. Okay. Right. And the, that was a long way to kind of yeah, try and no, get no, to I, the bottom of it, I'm, but I, 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 think you, I think you're onto something very important. I didn't want it just to... People miss it because of the labels, right? You know, so. Right, and one other verse that just comes to mind when you talk about uh, that idea that God will love us if we meet this certain standard. Uh, in in Romans, Paul writes that while we were yet sinners, Christ mm-hmm. died for us. So it wasn't it wasn't because we somehow earned um, Christ's willingness to die for us. He he did that while we were still sinners. And mm-hmm. so it just, yeah, that, that's a, I think it's, it's knowing that love that bothered me so bad about mm-hmm. how I was treating people. And I was doing it while saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've right. been saved by the gospel, by, by and, the unconditional love yeah, of God. Yeah. And yet I'm going to love somebody else conditionally. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was just something that, uh, and Cindy and I were in in a different, we had a different progression kind of, yeah. and we've talked about that on here. And there there were times, um, and I I won't pretend that it's been easy. It's been far from easy for me. But there were there were times right after we left when uh, we didn't have our kids in our life uh, at first, and Cindy was we were both struggling really bad, but. She just struggled for a little longer at the beginning and was asking me, why do you seem to have this peace that I don't seem to have? And, and I, I used that same metaphor. She, this, was, this was when we were hoping that we could have both. And, okay. and I think I just come to the realization that we're not going to get to mm-hmm. before she did. And so I, and once... Once we did just trust in Jesus and get in the boat, you know, that, that really is when the peace comes. Mm. And it's, it's so great to 
look back at even through the hardest parts of this that Jesus was right there the whole time. And mm. if we can just trust in him, uh, we will get that that peace that, um, well, in, in Philippians, it's the peace that passed, surpasses understanding, that you just cannot figure out how you can even get out of bed some days. And with Jesus, you can. Mm-hmm. It's just there. That peace is there. So it's... Um, wouldn't trade it for the world, I guess. It's, right. uh, yeah. So. Well, good. Well, I've got um, the hymn today was um, we sing the song Trust and Obey. Mm. Um, and it says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Uh, the chorus is, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And then it, the second verse does talk about kind of the hard, the hard part of that. Um, it says, not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. So I would just, I just hope that when people are singing that, that they know that that is true, that that Mm -hmm. is, um, no matter how hard it is, because if there is anyone there that, that might be in that place where they're just hoping that they can have both, that they can just kind of add Jesus to what they already have, um, I, I get it. But it's there's a fear of of losing things, and and I just want to encourage them that that the verse of the verses that I just read there are very true, mm-hmm. and um, that there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Mm, that's great. They should reach out to you if they are yeah. you know thinking about that or struggling with it because. Yeah, you have been you have been through it. That's for sure. Yeah, and many others have as right. well, and they would all tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Scott. Well, good. Thank you. See you next time. Okay. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.